Felix, as angry as he is, can stream without a soundtrack behind him. He doesn't need yeah. that, right? As but, upsetting but it may be, need, that's you, just an add-in to the content that you need to understand, Locke, that I view my commentary on a video game as equal as I do my commentary on music. If I'm making commentary on music and making commentary on video games, that's all fair use. I just don't have the money to argue it in court. <laughs> there it is. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 273. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Aoshi, sitting here with some cool dudes. Trip Zero. What's up, guys? Trip Zero. Felix Ergood. Hey, how you doing? This is Felix. And Lock and Key. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Guys, how y'all doing? Good, yeah, man. Chilling. It's, uh, it's been a little bit. What's it? It has been a little bit. Yeah, it's been sorry. Fourteen I, I, days instead of good. seven. That much. Oh yeah. yeah, we took a week off last week, so I hope you all missed us. Yeah, and why? Why? Why, into, why do we take a week off, Neo? Why did we? Why did we do you, that? Because your because your shit broke. Your mixer yeah, broke. Because my my um, audio interface broke. Um, until yeah, man. Yeah, until I realized that uh, after I bought the, the four hundred dollar Focusrite fucking Scarlet. <laughs> That it Ooh, didn't, that break. It didn't break at all. <laughs> did, so is this, my, is this my, have, go ahead. tell the story because I haven't heard this story at all yet. Right. So I started getting this weird audio effect right in my head where my voice would like disappear, you know, in my monitoring. Mm-hmm. And I thought at, at first I thought it was like just a cable. Like I thought it was audio interference or something along those lines. I thought it was like maybe uh, line hum. I didn't know what it was. So I started no. But I just want just want to play, playing some live games or playing games with uh, other people, and they all heard it too. And then I started doing all this troubleshooting, and I could have sworn when I moved from mic one to mic two to mic three that I heard the same thing throughout all the mics. So I was convinced it was the audio interface. So then I go and I get this $400 audio interface. <laughs> I, I receive it. I connect all the shit. I plug in all the mics. And sure enough, the only one that was still doing it was one. Ooh. Two worked. Three worked. Four worked. So I, you know how I had the four mics. Mm-hmm. So I paid $400 to solve a $250 problem. <laughs> Some solid <laughs> troubleshooting. Hard, not hard. And get this. I don't want to return this because it it works with audio signal flow better and smarter than the Behringer that I was using previously, and it has cool lights on it. Fuck that. I'm keeping it. There's there's plenty of people that pay for RGB hey, man. lighting, dude, so you're okay. Hey, man. Yeah. Congrats but on your new uh, equipment. The yeah, thing congrats that's, on your new toy. The thing that's best about it is the fact that it routes audio better than the Behringer. That's four. I can tell it's four hundred dollars worth of routing, because literally when you connect this device and then you pl- you do the drivers, it basically like t- 
takes over the sound of the computer. And as long as you have it on that input, all the sound from the computer comes through it. And I can hear it in my headset. It's fucking terrific. I'm really excited. Anyway, that's yeah. a sidebar. New toys are fun. A good one. But that, yeah, that's why we missed. Before we get into it, let me just say, this is the Immersion Gamer Podcast. You can find us on <laughs> podcast services everywhere. YouTube, we got some new videos up on YouTube. Please check them out. Just search Emergent Gamer on YouTube. We are like 12 subscribers to hitting 100. Like, we're like almost there. So please go out and subscribe there. We're so very close. And check us out on all podcast services. Now we may continue. Someone was three and a half minutes into the show, and they're like, shit. <laughs> that wasn't the show I, I meant to that. listen to. This was the Emerging Gamers podcast. <laughs> the show for brand new people who've never touched a controller before. <laughs> These guys have already emerged. Fuck. Well, Felix, I'm glad you got yourself some new fun upgrades. That's a really, it's real nice. And maybe one yeah. day... Yeah. Um, yeah, Crystal here. Maybe one day when you guys are back in the room with me, we'll be able to use it with four mics. <laughs> Ooh, back in the room. It's a lot of droplets, dude. Yeah, I don't know. That seems Aer- like a long ways away, bro. Aerosols, bro. You're going to breathe, yeah. breathe, breathe them in. They ride those things like horses. They just cruise right through the air. Mm-hmm. Delivering gonna be, the Rona. Be a, be a lot of droplets. If we a lot of droplets. They're going to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone's walking how- someone's not making it out of that room <laughs> remember how hot it would get oh my god uh, i do uh, that's mostly that's well that's mostly your fault kind of the air conditioner running gonna hear it yeah so and then we're fucking sweat box the fucking the room man it's probably a little bit too techy for the actual show but i wonder if we could run that new nvidia technology to cut out like a fan noise or or the ac noise or something five thousand percent people bang hammers on their desk and you can't hear it okay all right insane yeah like i'm I'm pretty sure in the good tech meeting i'm pretty sure in the tech demo someone turns like a saw on next to the oh next to it and you can't hear the saw running next to it things to implement in the future (laughs) so he has an art you have an rtx card don't you felix you have a 20 what do you have a 2070 i don't think i do no, he's got he like a, a level. Yeah, he's got like a. I thought it was like a sixteen sixty or something. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, well, at the time all the droplets are safe, you could definitely scoop a, a cheap RTX card. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, technically, you can make it work on a variety of cards if you edit the the registry file. So cool. you you can edit the registry file, Felix. I don't know. What I, w- I would do it. I would do it. <laughs> Didn't need a lot Neo, of words. Stop. You know, don't you're know gonna the scare the man. You're going to scare the man. Cannot cogitate. <laughs> you know that one of us would just do it. It takes literally 15 seconds. Just read the fucking guide that exists online. Those are your, <laughs> we get it those are your 15 seconds. You enjoy those 15 seconds. <laughs> if it means that I can have the AC on and not lose five pounds from sitting in the room. Yeah, of course mm-hmm. I'll take the 15 seconds. Solid trade. Cool. Solid trade. Indeed. Good. Good idea though. Trip. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Just improvements for the future. Yeah, yeah. It's got some new Max switches on, on my keyboard, RTX man. on. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa! So I'm very excited about them. I need to. Um, I think I want to um, actually take them apart and and lube them, mm-hmm. which I have not done with with mechanical keys before. I've yes, never I said lubed the word. Yeah, I said the word lube. You know, you know lube uh, your keys up. Yeah. Do you not know what that is? No, what does that do? I'm not. A, I have not dived into the mechanical keyboard rabbit hole. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, what you do is you just get like a um, 
uh, a lubricant. It's usually like a, a certain amount of grease and you just, you grease the stem in the spring. So I'm about to ask, is it greaser or graphite? But you answered the, the and question. When you, when you, um, actually I don't, it, it might not actually be, I'm using grease as like just a, a broad term. Mm. Um, and what it does, Neo, when you, compress the switch it just it makes it more silent it makes it smoother to to press down but you have to actually take the switch apart and then use like a paintbrush to paint the grease onto like the small parts of your keys and you're doing that for every key correct wow but like if you watch like if you listen to like comparison videos of of tech um youtubers that do like um do compare and contrast to like stock switches versus lube switches it's like you can't it, it's so very different so like i got a i got a new pair of tactile switches um does it reduce the clackiness sound that it makes it does or it or it or it changes the sound a little bit more right it doesn't it doesn't feel as harsh um because yeah, so some it, of them would click regardless based on the switch but but the, right. the key around it you could definitely control that down mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a tedious process right because you're taking a paintbrush and because you're not like it's not like you could just like dump it in lube you know and then like <laughs> right. stick it back together the whole you keyboard have to like in and then right oh, so go. it's like you You're have good. to like paint Gently around the spring it, yeah. exactly right so that's why i haven't done it yet because i put all the switches in my keyboard um but i think i'm i think I i'm gonna try and do it i have been debating getting like pudding keys because i really like how those look i like mm. i like how like, it, like illuminates like the bottom layer of the keys and yeah those are those are pretty sweet yeah i was also thinking about trying to take the I was trying to. Th- I was thinking about taking the top layer off my keyboard because the top layer of the keyboard is black. But if it was white, it would. The colors would pop more. Take a look at that. Let's see, let's see that keyboard. I would. I would love to. Actually, I can unplug it so it's. I know then. Then the colors aren't going to show. That is. See, those are cool. Those are pudding keys. Oh, I like how it's white at the bottom, so the like it really kind of glows. Yeah, it, like it like makes the glow like show through. Yeah, like more. the key, like the cat. So I know uh, this is an audio podcast, and and a lot of you are listening out there. But Locks key uh, keyboard, just the top of the key is solid, and the rest of the actual key, each individual key is is translucent. So the colors uh, just yeah, pour out of like there, a, and it's really cool looking. Translucent, lucent too. So Did it's you like call them pudding keys. Yeah, they're called pudding keycaps. Huh. Uh, they're also made out of a certain type of plastic, so the light comes through them better. Uh, there's two different types of plastic that are used in keycaps: ABS plastic, which is the default plastic used, and then there's um, uh, PBT uh, plastic, which allows for light to to pass through it better. But what I was saying is, I was going to think about like so on the keyboard, this layer right here, right that I'm showing you on camera is black right here, right. So if I take that layer off and make it white, it would it the the light would bounce even more and it would make it even brighter. Um, some keyboards already come with with a white top plate like that, but yeah, yeah. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna probably tackle the uh, the lube game. But it's 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 like <laughs> believe it or not, as with anything within technology or hobbies, is there's like fifty million types of lubricant you can buy. There's all oh, of these sure. accessories you can get. Like there's like it's it's a whole it's a whole thing because like people that build their own mechanical keyboards that like do this as a hobby spend probably anywhere from like five to six hundred dollars building their own mechanical keyboards is is probably yeah. like an average price um if like not going more. for every part from the ground up just right. assembling and like this building thing. it completely yeah. from scratch with like everything they want um 
And I'm, I'm nowhere near that yet. I know Nimbus from our discord, um, who's been on the show before. He's also, he's not quite there yet either, but he's getting pretty in depth with this type of stuff too, with, with, with keyboards. So maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, yeah, but it's, might start it's, with it's like a, ducky, a small ducky keyboard or something like that. Like uh, the duckies are good. The duckies are good. Yeah. If you want modular, you can't go with ducky. But if you want to be able to swap mm-hmm. out your switches later, um, you have a few different options. But that just depends on what you're looking for. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole ass thing for for sure. Um, it was actually the last thing, and then we'll get to actual gaming stuff. Um, I trip. You would probably actually you would probably all appreciate this. Do you know like? old school like so before we switched to like the dome like mushy keyboards everything used to be mechanical keyboards like when when computing first came around so ibm used to have these spring switches that like is the quintessential like when you think of a mechanical keyboard from like the 90s you could probably Mm -hmm. picture what it looks like how it sounds and it feels and People are like that on, beige keyboard. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. With like, and it, and it's like, you know, the size My of family's computer from the, uh, from the gateway you know, story brought home and right. Started playing music on and that it's, thing. You know, it's, it's like, it's massive, you know, like it takes yeah. up your whole entire desk. Um, there's actually a whole market for that. Um, if you look on eBay, people are selling those and buying them up because oh, they're, di- they're disassembling it to get the switches out of them because they're no longer manufactured. Um, Whoa. Just like, and then there's people trying to remanufacture them to then sell them um, because they're so people want them so badly because they're apparently the best to type on. Um, and like Whoa. people are trying to buy like old Apple keyboards as well because Apple used them as well. So you can look up like legacy Apple keyboards. Um, and there's like a whole market like of this happening of of buying and selling for them, which I which I found to be super. That's interesting. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. The attic in my parents' house has all of that garbage, so I'm about to go yeah. in there and see Yo, what's going around. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So there's my, right, there's, cool. my there's my uh, there's my tech update. I didn't spend four hundred dollars, but spent, <laughs> oh man, all spent right. Nowhere near since that. We're, actually. Since we're doing tech updates, could I could I talk about the tech update that I got? Sure, man, do it. Why not? I I would love to. So I did I did happen to get a new camera. You can see it if you actually you, you're watching it, and it's, it's the uh, Canon EOS M200. It's what? Nothing. I just I can see oh, your baby, baby Browns, man. It's beautiful. I know. It's it's great. I've been your using baby, it in my browns. stream, <laughs> and I've been taking it with me. Like I went to like a farm last week, and I've gone to a bunch of places to just practicing photography like i haven't ever experienced before and i know mm-hmm. but in the pre-show trip was you guys were actually talking about cameras mm-hmm. um and it's something like i've been like learning more about like how to open like the aperture and f-stop and like what iso to use for different things like i've been diving down my own rabbit hole of of uh of like just photography and getting it to work on like on my computer here it's been pretty awesome um and at the now, same just time plug and play is it plug and play or are you using no. a, an appliance? So it's not plug and play. So what I had to do is I had to get a dummy battery. So the, uh, so like normally you get a battery like this. I got, I got, I got them right here. You get a battery like this and you get what X number of shots you can take on a, on one go and you know, X number of minutes you can shoot on like video, but a dummy battery has a little hole at the bottom for an AC adapter. And that plugs right into the camera, and now I can plug it in, and it powers it. And it has a mini HDMI out that runs into whatever I want to plug it into. So gotcha. I actually have 
a new capture card as well. Uh, we were talking about in, that in tech chat. I got the Aver Media Live 4K Duo card, and that has two HDMI ins. So at this point in time, I can capture what I have it, it plugged into my HDMI switcher, which is like my consoles and my my PC here. So like that is all being captured, and it has a second in for a camera. So gotcha. that's actually what I'm using right now. And now what I can do with my streaming PC is when I get my PS5, I will be taking it into the living room so I can plug my PS5 into the 4K TV that I have with HDR and all that hotness. And it will pass through that quality to my TV. So I don't lose the quality like most other capture cards will, like my like the old capture card that uh, Felix so generously donated to me. Um, it has 4K HDR pass through. So you don't lose quality when you're playing the game and it will capture the video and translate it to what 1080p or whatever, however I want to capture it on OBS. So like gotcha. when the PS4 comes in, I'll be able to play and, sh- and stream it without any quality loss. And mm. so far I've been testing it on my computer, which is a 1440p output to, to my monitor. And it does translate it without any latency, which is actually the coolest thing about it is because the other card that the HD 60 so much latency, so many, right, so much um, right. delay in what you're seeing, um, and now it's all gone. Um, mm-hmm. And it actually downscales, thanks to the NVIDIA card. It actually downscales that second HDMI output because I'm getting because uh, my monitor here is a DisplayPort second output HDMI right, downscales right, right. it to 1080p. And nice. uh, this second PC has been really fun. What to play a, with what a because, fucking what a world we live in now. Yeah, I know, right? Did I remember I, my first capture card was an Elgato on a OG Xbox or a 360, and it used composite video, and it was this <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my this god, li- this little tiny box with three composite cables coming off of it, like just this like flower-looking thing, and you just plug the composite mm-hmm. cables in and plug it into your computer to record only, right? Like it would just record like whatever 480p like video and now we're able to yeah. to fucking pass you, through 4k 60 which is take, crazy you would take the clip and upload it to youtube or something um i would edit it in whatever crappy video software i had at the time um but yeah it's it's fucking vegas it's window windows movie uh, I, I used i used vegas um like a cracked copy of vegas at the time because <laughs> you know, i remember I remember, but it wasn't it wasn't good because you know at that time who knew if I got it from whatever like LimeWire or something. But um, I, used to, yeah, I used to call I, it, I had a friend I, I used to call him his nickname was the Program Truck because mm-hmm. programs it all. Just, yeah. programs fall, fall, fall off fall, fall off the back of the truck and um, mm-hmm. sl- so you, you said you have what? a um, if if anyone wanted to to see the camera like if they liked the video quality you said you had a Canon what was it EOS M two hundred m200 it's a it's the, it's like a beginner's entry level mirrorless camera is what it is yeah but i mean you know oh, it's mirrorless mm-hmm. yeah mm. i think i think mirrorless is the move right for for most people that are um, using it most, for 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 webcams right for streaming yeah mirrorless um, for that it makes with. a lot more sense yeah i what? didn't want to spend more than like 500 on it either so like so the camera was on does- sale on prime day i got it so it, it actually worked out very well mirrorless nice. means that the camera does some kind of internal magic to flip the image back yeah it's it's the sensor that's on 
behind the lens essentially that's yeah. doing that trans trip could probably explain it a lot better than me i'm not well, I, I mean yeah we this. don't need to go down the whole rabbit hole you did it's it's fine usually a, a camera either bounces the light literally to what you're seeing and and to get captured or it does it digitally mirrorlessly yeah yeah I think and digitally, the one so down the one downside <laughs> to the camera is there's no viewfinder and there's no um plug-in for an external mic if i wanted to actually use it to record video just the onboard mic is on board and there's no mount for like a, a flash unit or something like that. So it's, it is straight up just, just the, the unit and I can change the lenses out to whatever I want. Like any of the EOS lenses will work. The EFS and EOF, EO, EFM lenses will work on it, which are is it Canon's the, pretty much their full line. Is it the compact model or is there a compact and a non-compact model? It's you can look up the EOS M200 and that is that is what you. Get. I was just googling it and the the Amazon one said compact and it looks like a tiny boy, which actually looks dope because it's not massive like I've seen other people's cameras like it's tiny. Their their setups have this like if you ever see a streamer's like actual setup they have this huge Sony camera that's like fucking mm-hmm. this big over their monitor <laughs> you know okay. yeah I was it's I was huge. doing that for uh, for a little bit because in my in my last place before I moved I was streaming with um a black magic cinema camera mm. and black magics are uh they're video cameras that have full frame sensors so whatever uh camera you buy the sensor size in your camera is literally the same size as a piece of film so i had a 16 millimeter black magic camera would actually match the physical size of a strip of film if you were still using that which is better for light and all kinds of other boring things not for video games um but the lens i had for this thing was like the only thing that would, that would fit that I had with me to make this happen for stream was a 70 to 200 millimeter zoom lens. So the thing is sitting this far off of the camera's body and the camera's body is only like this, maybe this big, it's all it needs. So I got this big, huge, like off weighted thing that's falling over my monitors. I'm trying to like counterweight the back of the tripod. It was a mess and it right. fell over like three times while I was live because it was just so off balance. It's, so, so yeah, yeah. I, it's overkill. You don't need that by any means of the imagination. Right. This, this one, this one's great. I mean, from what I can, what I can tell, I mean, it, the, the compact aspect of it is, is certainly nice where it's not like it overbearing nice. in comparison yeah. to, to like, you know, cause it, 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 you're making a big leap from going from a webcam to, to a, to a camera, right? It's, it's a big leap in mm. both monetary value, the size of it, the amount of, you know, knowledge you need to have around to get it working right like yeah um, but until and i webcam, figured i can i can use it for like a dual purpose as well use it oh, as a sure. webcam In and use case, it yeah take to right. take you know to practice photography yeah. um i'll tell you one thing i've been very tempted to not buy any extra lenses right now because i a, don't need them but like i want to like dive into that more and like there's like a there's like a more wide angle lens, which, which would actually be better for the like web web stream or I'm um, sorry, like live cam thing. Um, and then like telephoto lenses, I would love to play with like all these different styles that you can go with. But I figured I just master this lens first and then in the future, sure. see, it's, it's a good see where that goes. Yeah. You, yeah, it's good to use your equipment to its absolute limit to really understand it, first of all, before expanding out to, to different areas. So. Good yeah. move for sure. Um, one last thing. Did you happen to see in, in our discord and tech chat? I also tweeted this, the picture of what I had to do for this capture card to get it to work in this stream PC. I had to flip the graphics card and, and the uh, capture card in order for my computer to boot. Oh, really? So my, my, yeah, my, my GPU is no longer in the top slot where you would normally stick a GPU in a computer. It is in yeah. the third slot down. Cause if I didn't do this, my Wi-Fi card wouldn't work, and the Aver Media card also wouldn't work. It wouldn't boot it. 
it no. i tried i tried all slot combinations but this is the only way it would work still works because because you can clearly see me now i'm i'm on this call from the stream pc that's what that's what Sheesh. i'm talking to you guys on right now wow. um but yeah it is it is the weirdest thing i've ever done to a pc yeah i'll have to look at that. that's wild um but yeah that's it do you guys want to talk that's about it. games i guess video games yeah that would, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, I have games that I've that I'd like to talk about, but I've just finished talking about myself and the things those things. Does anyone I can, else have I can rip real quick um what I've been doing recently. I uh I Do just it. finished a my first complete front to back playthrough of Prey. Mm, I've, which I've has been, been watching you go live with that. Yeah, dude. Recently. It's a lot of fun. I was looking for something to play that had like a Halloween vibe. And and obviously I love space and playing space games and so here we have a, a space set first person shooter spooky game about aliens and and shapeshifters and people being possessed and all kinds of shit so i was like this is kind of perfect for everything that i do and for the season um and it was great man i i played prey when it came out uh, in the summer of 2017 uh another one of my waiting for destiny 2 launch games in that summer that i was playing through and i never finished it because of of destiny 2 coming out um and i just forgot how much of this game uh, plays on choice and was such an incredible experience. Now this game is like Bioshock. If you haven't ever heard of Prey or don't know, very much a same yeah, I to, general. I used to call it Space Bioshock. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Very much a similar vibe to Bioshock, where you have your weapons and you upgrade your weapons. Uh, isn't you know, it somehow related? Isn't it somehow related to System Shock? The game that like, no Bioshock, Bioshock is. is, but but not Bioshock Prey. Is, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, the, in a the creator of, of Bioshock kind of way. made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The creators yeah, like of Bioshock made what? Made System Shock. But not Prey. Not Prey. Okay. No. Not Prey is uh, Bethesda and Arcane? Arcane, yeah. Yeah. Prey yeah. was another company. I forget who owned it originally. They sold the rights and then put Prey out as a as a, a reboot, but not the same as the original story. It was kind of a, a, a entirely new story. Prey was the Dishonored, yeah, Prey- the Dishonored crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of those teams. Yeah, um, so it sits on the on the Bioshock kind of like model where you're in a space and you slowly gain access to more and more of the space as you uh, gain more abilities or you find new ways to access things with skills you augment around yourself. There's even a going outside the space station uh, mechanic, like going outside Rapture and Bioshock in your like water suit. So there's there's a lot of parallels to the way the games play. Um and there's even a choice element too. Like in Bioshock, you choose between saving or harvesting the little uh, the little sisters in that yeah. game. In this one, your big moral dilemma is: Do I install neuromods into myself? And in the future, this is about 50 years in the future. Neuromods give you more abilities. You literally implant them into your brain, and it's a technology that that people have have developed. And uh, the moral dilemma is: These neuromods are based on the study of this alien species. And as you use more neuromods, you become more like them, mm. you know? So the dilemma is, do I, do I change my humanity to fight these things and end up becoming like them? Or do I stick to being a human and, and so forth? And you, you kind of get where the rest of the game goes, but, uh, there are so many decisions that make each gameplay uh, or each playthrough so fun. And I can't actually wait to play it again because I've never seen a game that has multiple endings end with so many different variations based on what you did inside of the game, not even to the ending too. There's the game can play out in so many different ways. Characters you kill can replace 
other characters are meant to guide you through and still kind of guide you through the game. You really can do whatever you want. And and there aren't only like one or two options to get into a room or to gain access to something. You can really use your your entire brain to think of ways around. Like they give you a, a, a gun they call the glue cannon early in the game, and it shoots this like paste that's supposed to slow down the aliens. Like they they start start you off with these things called mimics, or like little little um, octopuses that are running on the ground. They can turn into like coffee mugs and pens and things, and jump out and try to hit you. They're not really powerful, but you can slow them down with this glue stuff. You can also shoot it on the wall and make yourself little like stepping stones up into like the ceiling of whatever room you're in. And those ceilings have pathways between areas you would never know unless you were physically up there. So the game rewards exploration. It rewards reading. Uh, it rewards just taking your time and looking everywhere you can for stuff. And you can rush through it. You can take your time. And either way, you're going to have a completely unique experience. And I'm glad I went back to it. It was great. That, that's what yeah, I, I remember. I... Uh, sorry. Yeah. That's what I remember no, dis- distinctly about what was great about Arcane Studios Dishonored. So mm-hmm. Dishonored was always a very vertical game. You would unlock powers that gave you the ability to go higher or lower, you know, go subterranean, go to the upper echelon sure. of the city. So it was it was pretty cool. They always think vertically when they're developing. So it's Yeah, great. it's definitely fun. Yeah. Prey is is definitely like one of those games that should have gotten more rec- recognition when it came out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it didn't. But I don't that know game, I, I think we both played it around the same time when it came out. Trip like Probably. back in 2017. Yeah. I think I, like, I was like when it came out because I was just like this looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you it and was, I, it's a great time. Yeah, you and I trips um, saw I, the we saw the um the the huge presentation at E3 when we were there before it came out. Was that about Prey? Yeah, Prey was there. Or was that Dishonored? Okay. There, we, there so, was Dishonored, and that was in the very next room, Prey w- had been announced. Wow, I don't remember that. One of one of the I, most brilliant things that Prey does when it throws you into the world at first is the opening of the game. The opening mm-hmm. is absolute is one of the coolest things because they instantly shatter your expectations. Be- I guess I'm trying to remember because it's been you you did this recently, but mm-hmm. you go through this whole process, waking up and opening, you know, going outside of this room, and then the game yeah. goes, "No, you're not actually here." And then you do it again, but now you can kind of like break the barriers of what you're. Uh, is, am I telling you this? Am I yeah, saying no, it right? No, it's yeah. It, it's yeah. you start the game as if it's your first day going to work, right? And you're thinking, I'm waking up mm-hmm. in this like Neo San Francisco. I'm about to take a rocket ship up to join my brother in the space station, uh, and they're like, we're just going to put you through some tests. You know, make sure you're fit and ready to go. Then you see an alien attack the doctor who's running the test, and someone shoots you, and you get knocked out, and then you wake up in the same bed and it's the same date on your alarm clock. But now you hear a voice saying, Hey, what happened yesterday was real. It's not this date. Find a way to escape. And one of the, there's again, like 10 different ways you can possibly escape this area. But one of the things you can do is you can find a wrench and smash the windows looking out over the city. You find out it's not an actual window. It's like a projection screen with this technology mm-hmm. where you can just like look three dimensionally and it looks like you're looking outside, but no, you're just on like a studio set and you're just like, what the fuck it's, is happening? It's an amazing setup to like, it, it sets your expectations at an amazing level for the game right mm-hmm. from the get go. Because you know, you, you, you know, at that moment, you're like, you're in for this like kind of wild ride. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, Bioshock has a very similar meaning. Like you, yeah. you get in a plane crash and then it takes you underground and 
you see the vastness of rapture and you it's it's like an, it's an inviting you it's an inviting <clears throat> mystery right like they're inviting mm-hmm. you to like come come explore this and take on the challenges and i gotta tell you yeah. pray good good call on playing prey man that's yeah a, i was just i was just looking at one. the game releases from from its release and i, w- I was thinking it might have gotten cannibalized by a bigger game but it it hmm. shouldn't have i mean there were bigger games before its release but breath of the wild and and uh horizon would have come out before horizon came out yeah so horizon came out but that was in march and they would have been done Um, i think they're hype pretty much yeah i mean this came out in may yeah and uh march was horizon um and in april there was there there wasn't really much there was near near came out in in april um but there you know, cause I, I agree with you, Neo, like I, I've never heard anything but good things about this game. And I don't think it really, at least I don't remember it getting a lot of recognition. I could be misremembering, yeah, I but I, no, I don't, it, think, it I don't it, think it did. It didn't hit its sales goals either, but there's also yeah. a cool expansion they released later, which they turned the game into a roguelike. Uh, it's like crash on the moon or something. I think that's what it's called. I, I had no idea about that, but then I saw it advertised in steam when I went to, uh, to launch this and I went, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a roguelike where you try and get as far as you can and then it like kind of rewinds and resets you and like mm-hmm. you can choose different paths and that's like the that expansion they released. Apparently also really good. I didn't play the expansion, but apparently it's really really good. Um I I'll have to cuz I'm I'm fully I'm fully invested even in the story of this. And like just like thinking about it now top to bottom, I can see how like the uh the theme of choice, the theme of, of like illusion and simulation is just in every bit of this game, top to bottom. Like that mechanic on the moon makes sense because, uh, in the story's lore, if someone decides to get their neuromods removed from their brain, your it, it sends it fucks with your memory. Your brain gets reset to before you had any put in your body, essentially. So that's why mm-hmm. that's like a mechanic for like reliving the same day or this moon day or something. So, right. That's pretty right. cool. Nice. It's, it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it to you guys, to anyone out there if you're looking for something that's probably pretty cheap on a sale and looking to shake things up. And if you like Bioshock, for sure, absolutely. Play Prey. Mm. thousand percent. Nice. nice. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, should, should I go next? Yeah, hit it, dude. As, so I actually really want to talk about the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, especially if you're a Destiny fan. Because I heard that is, got dropped, yeah. It's really, really good. This Friday, as of recording, they're actually dropping their raid, a la Destiny style, like kind of almost. Which I'm not powered up enough for because uh, I'll get I'll get to that in a minute. A a Ghost of Tsushima raid is happening. Four four player cooperative raid. Yes. Hmm. I know. Okay. So this is this is how the multiplayer mode works. Um, Admittedly, it is light on content, but what you do get is a whole lot of story missions that you can play in three different difficulty levels and survival missions, which are four player. Okay. The story is two player co-op and the survival missions are four player co-op. Um, you can play it with groups of friends or you can match make. Um, they also have different difficulties. Now what the game does really well is, is it takes everything from go- the single player goes to Tsushima and kind of splits you up into four classes. Uh, like a ranger mode, like a ranger, a samurai, which is very like a kind of like a tanky class, um, an assassin who is like more of like your stealth class, and a support class who is the Roman. And they have like um like a a res, like they have like an area res. The samurai has like a um the samurai can heal himself uh, around multiple enemies. The assassin can drop a smoke bomb and disappear and temporarily 
you know, become invisible. And the, the, um, ranger class has like a multi-arrow shot and a bunch of different things like a la that in their kit. And they do a really good job in splitting up all these characters. And not only that, they have a destiny like leveling system for all the items that you slot in these, uh, like like your weapon, your so, your sub weapon. So your, it's like a power level sword. to, different, like to the different colors, like the different legendary. Yeah, they, they do like or... gray, green, purple, gold, like for okay. like their levels of rarity and the amount mm-hmm. of perks that are on the weapons. And they do a really good job of splitting up these perks and making them like they making them they make them mean, meaningful. Like because you can actually plan your builds. Like oh, I want to set more people on fire, so let me increase my fire damage, and then this item I have will set people on fire, and I can combine this this like bomb with my sword which can by chance set people on fire like they let you they take all these these different things from the single player game and they go okay we can split this up and make this into a kind of like a rpg like element where you're kind of leveling up a character build um they do it really well too um so and it almost it's almost weird because you can also re-roll stats on these weapons and items that you get um and level them up it's it's real. It's really cool. I played a lot with uh, demos and a few other people from the kind of mm-hmm. funny server, um, and it's really good because they, in in like the survival gameplay, which is the the four player stuff, um, they make they keep it challenging by giving you different dailies to do. Like personally, like there's like a whole bunch of dailies, like uh, kill a hundred people with like ranged weapons or whatever. Um, and then inside these survival missions, they'll do things like, okay, now you got to kill 25 enemies by perfect parrying them. Um, that'll have, that'll pop up randomly. You have like two minutes to do that with a team. And it gets kind of frustrating because if you're matchmaking and you're not coordinating with a team, not everybody cares about that stuff, but you get more rewards. If you do do that, you get better items. Um, and slowly, every time you do it, you level up and you progress and you, yeah, what's up? What's up trip? Oh no, I was just, um, I was going to wait till you yeah, kind yeah. of finish us, you know, summarizing this but it sounds like uh they're adding a lot of um service game ongoing game things into this but it's but this isn't a mode that's permanent you go in here with a time limit with friends right is that what Um, it sounds like or is there or is there now like an evolving consistent world that you can access with people in it there is no hub world you you're you're just sitting you just sit on a menu it's it has live service like elements but the this DLC is completely free. So if you have the game, this was just given to you. Um sure. and it's just more stuff that you can do with friends. Okay. Um the story mode's pretty great. They actually progress you through multiple objectives with a friend of yours that you can do. And it's cool because there's a ping system in it. You can coordinate stealth takedowns, you can coordinate different shots and mm-hmm. um they took the enemy set from the single player game and they actually kind of like twisted it on its head. Um, there's a very supernatural element to everything in, in this, this mode. So like you're fighting Oni and different Tengu, which are like, you know, Japanese, you know, like mythical demons and things like that. Okay. Um, and they throw in mechanics that are like, okay, these two enemies are linked with their health. So if you kill one and not the other one, then they're going to rev- revive the other one. So mm-hmm. you have to actually coordinate and take down these, these, uh, these are only the multiplayer time. versions of the game. These coordinated Correct. fights and, st- and stuff like that. Got it. Yeah. They, they do a lot of things that require you to like, to like work with your partner. Like you can't just go in and kill everything. Yeah. You actually have to think about what you do. Another, another story mode had, you have to apply a different element to your sword. 
because certain enemies will glow a certain color. And if you don't have that element, then you won't be doing that much damage to them. So what you and your, so what me and Demos were doing as we played it, we go, okay, I'll take the green element. You take the purple element and then we'll, we'll switch off enemies or you're fighting this guy. Let's trade. We'll trade partners. And Mm -hmm. then we, we ended up working really well together using these mechanics that they introduced and it, and it ramps up in difficulty by a lot. Like they had, like I said, they had the three difficulties that are rewards and they throw in like more like, like in nightmare mode. Um, sorry, like in, um, the nightfall dungeons in destiny, they'll throw in more mechanics at you, uh, that actually make it diff like more difficult as you go on. Nice. Yeah. Increased damage or like this, like more enemies that do more range attacks will be there. Like things like that, you know? Yeah. That sounds fun. Um, Sounds like a fun way to, to breathe life into the game. People really enjoy it, but I like more than the story. I like the the raid idea behind it. I think you mm-hmm. could probably do some really cool cool stuff with that. Yeah, because um, the things you mentioned, I that's that's so much to add to the game. Like like coordinated yeah. mechanics, a shield and element system to to burn through those shields and have that be another thing to deal with. That's already like those two things are sound like an insane amount. But you already mentioned like loot drops, loot uh, stat random rolls, re rolling weapons and gear that you like for different stats. That those are. Those are all separate but insanely complicated systems that don't belong in a single player game that they threw right. in here for multiplayer, which is kind of insane that they put that much work into and that for a free I, update. It, and they made it work. It, yeah. I was yeah, gonna say I wonder if they're they're testing the waters to see if something like this is successful. Mm, like then you get uh ghosts online. They are hiring, they are hiring mm-hmm. for another ghost of Tsushima game, so maybe it is possible Ghost of Tsushima two will be a live game like that is an like entirely a, a possibility game. yeah i yeah. mean if if it's successful right if enough people are playing it and they get enough positive recognition from it i mean who knows maybe they just do another single player and do another multiplayer edition or it or it ships with multiplayer this time um mm-hmm. but if it's if it's done well right I, I think every service game struggles from from the enough content aspect of it mm-hmm. um, which this absolutely but it is also in a lot free, of content. Right, this is a free update, like in addition to right. Yeah. So it, the saving grace is that it's a free upgrade. But um, exactly, it, sound, it sounds like they're doing a lot of things right with it, which is which is really cool. Um, and they're learning from you know the successes of some other franchises, which is which is dope. Yeah, absolutely. And what I would say is that even though you could say, well, there's not a lot more past what they gave us here to do, I would say, well they didn't have to do this at all. Like this right. wasn't they really part didn't. of their, uh, their, this was, this wasn't part of their initial promise of a game. This was, this came after. And frankly, I'm, I'm like blown away by how much fun it is to just hop in and play. Now, granted, I tried playing by myself, doing some survival modes, playing with people who were like dropping out mid, you know, mid survival people mm-hmm. who aren't coordinated. And that's not a lot of fun. I had the most fun when I was with a group of people in voice chat being like, okay, guys, let's move on to the next point. Let's do this. Um, me and Demos, we're going to go here. We're going to go take this point and hold this down. All right, you guys, like, it, it worked out really well when everyone's, right. like, on the same page firing on all cylinders. It works really, yeah. really well. And picking your class to match what you need in the fight. Like, because all these classes actually have skills that are important. Like, it's, it's cool. It works out really, really well. Now you know why Destiny has never done matchmaking for raids. 
And when people complain yeah. about it, that's the exact reason why it doesn't exist. Because I get it. it would be a fucking miserable experience. Um, Dude, like I, third damage I, phase, and two people are like, "Man, I don't feel like doing this anymore." And then you're oh out. Yeah, or someone just rage. Yeah. Someone just straight up rage quits. Like you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, man. It, when you have to rely on other people to succeed, right? It it sucks when you're matched with those that don't care or leave or or what have you. So, um, but that, that's great that when you're playing with others that it shines and you have a good time because that's what it's mm-hmm. they're ultimately designed for. Right. Um, Absolutely. Let's go. Nice. I, I would love to, to power up my character and get into the raid. I have to see where everybody else is at, but I'm way, it's like a hundred key power level and I'm not even close to that yet. So like, mm-hmm. I'd have to like really grind it out if I wanted to try the raid out. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's all I got for right now. Dope. Felix, did you have anything? Not r- fucking nothing new. I mean, okay. Not yeah, I got nothing new, so I'm not, I'm not going to go. So we could hit, we could hit our, our topic if, yeah, if we you're could, good. We could just do the main topic. Um, I did 100% uh, complete Mafia Definitive Edition, though. That's hey, you, got, you, got hey. all those, you got all those fox pelts? All the foxes. I got all the fox pelts. Did I already mention that two weeks ago? Was I complete? No, you were. Still, I don't know when it was. You were. You were, you were com- I think you I completed. You were angry. Two weeks. Yeah. You were angry because it made no sense. That's where we left off with that. Yeah. No, but I finished that, and then um, I just for the last like two weeks, I've been trying to complete the seasonal event in Fallout, and I did. So. Mm, nice. So now you that's like events. that's Put shelved down. up. That's shelved up, and now <laughs> shelved play- up, baby. <laughs> I'm playing shelved up. Shelved, shelved up. up. I mean, just for now, until the new seasonal event that's been announced comes out in December. I mean, I'm he said, shelved up. What are you going to do for thirty days? Uh, Civilization Six. Uh, Civ Six. Yeah, Civ fucking, Six will time warp you right there, dude. I'm fucking. Yeah, fucking you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna fucking just wake up. It's gonna be fucking December. <laughs> well, they first. added disasters. I love Civ. So they much. added disasters to it, like uh, like um, Sim City. You know, right. Uh-huh. Right. You can have so crazy shit can affect your civilization. So I want to try all that out. Nice. I've been, I've been, I've been doing a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a two years now. I've been doing on my two years switch version of Civilization Six. I've been doing a, a campaign to completely eradicate like all the other civilizations. I'm on like like turn. There's 500 max turns in a normal game. Like it maxes you out at five, mm-hmm. but you can keep playing on. I'm at turn like almost a thousand. <laughs> so like the game is done. There was a winner declared. And oh, you're just, someone you're else. Still... Yeah, but I destroyed the civilization <laughs> that was declared winner. I think they won by culture. I mm-hmm. won by I I after they won by culture, I was like, yeah, great with your cu- culture win. Now I'm gonna nuke you, and then I did. <laughs> So it sounds now, fun, honestly. That, you're, civiliz- you're that civilization's gone, and now I'm fighting these <laughs> other ones that are like stragglers. I'm just eradicating the landscape. That's amazing. hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. It's very scorched earth policy, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Oh my god. Yeah, that's it. That's all. It right. works really well on uh, on uh, Switch and mobile. I remember Diamond Jab sent me a video. He screenshotted him playing it on the iPhone when it came out, and I was like really impressed with how they made the UI work for these smaller screens. It's disgustingly faster on the goddamn iPhone, right? But I can't use a controller with the iPhone version. 
Sure you can. You can? Yeah. It doesn't map to it. Or I oh, it doesn't support out, it? I haven't figured out how to map it. If uh, Maybe I have to download uh, like a... There's got to be a way, dude. It's got to. Well, hold on. Well, the, control, like, the controller... Are we, we're all like Googling, how do you make... How can we make this happen for Felix? The the controller <laughs> that I... um. That I can pair, you know, I can. I figured out how to pair my PlayStation and my Xbox controller to my phone, mm-hmm. but then I struggle to figure out. It does I, not. Yeah, it does, does not, not support. Have I just yeah. does not support it. Yeah. We are we all on two K's fac right now? Correct. So, so if I want to, <laughs> if, if I want to play it on a big screen TV with a controller, I I have to use the Switch version, which is fine. I bought the DLC shit for both. But right, right. But I'm you're running. saying it, resp- it responds better. It's a better oh game. It, it, the fucking Switch version is so slow, bro. Like it's that's, just that's, that's the Switch. Yeah, yeah, it's the Switch can't process the fact that they're that my my civilization has like fucking fifty cities. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like because like every you know every city that I conquer, I don't raise it to the ground. I just keep it. I'm all about enculturating. <laughs> like the minute. The minute I defeat a city, I'm like, you can go on and prosper, but now you're mine. Right. <laughs> Just like Roman Annexed, Empire. Bitch. It's full on Roman Empire civilization mm-hmm. I'm playing. Where I annex you and then and then I allow you to have your culture, but now you have to pay me money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great, man. Nice. I love that's it. It's a Felix playthrough for sure. That's a that's a good little update. I appreciate you sharing that. No problem. No problem. I mean, I know it's an old game it. and shit, but like but I enjoy nah, it. Nah. That's good, man. Good for you. Those games never die. Oh, for no, absolutely not. Not until Civ Seven comes out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Indeed. So, what are we talking about tonight, boys? So tonight we're talking about uh, a few things. The things DMCAing. Things are getting really fucky for streamers, and a few voices surrounding the this this scenario has kind of saying been saying things like oh this is a sign of things to come so be ready and we'll get to that i'll get to that but first um as provided by trip we got twitch's pur- purging videos uh after thousands of requests from music labels have been dmca takedowning a bunch of streamers and just purging videos of streams that where people use music well, this is part Felix, of the whole had this this yeah. is part of the whole conversation you know this is how it started the 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 whole week was like DMCA conversations and then people had uh, a lot of opinions about what this means for everything in the streaming space. Some yeah, more and headassery than others in terms of their opinion. Twitch has but, been telling people to delete their people, their videos. Otherwise they'll be, they'll be like in violation of copyright claims. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, Dr. Lupo streams. Dr. Lupo did like an eight hour stream where it was just a, an application automation that was going through deleting all of his VODs. And it was a, it was just a stream of a, and it said, I'm streaming this application and deleting all of my VODs. So I don't get, I don't get any copyright strikes against me. And it was literally, it was just an app showing it, deleting all of his VODs, like all, you know, tens of thousands of, of, of clips that he had. Um, and he had people watching it. He had fucking. He had more. He had more stream. <laughs> he had more people watching an application deleting videos than most streamers have fucking playing their games. I believe it. Um, but yeah, it, it's it was it was crazy to see him take that stance and like and then stream it. You know. Um, yeah. 
It's it's been um, a rough week because the recording industry has reached out, and th- we've been having this conversation around streaming and music for uh, pretty much the past couple months. It's been it's been turned up, right? The, yeah, the people in the recording starting, industry are starting on June nineteenth. We all remember str- the last time I streamed. <laughs> yeah, we remember Felix's issues. Um, no, and leave. the recording industry, with to be fair, the way all current laws and systems work for music rights and, and performance and broadcasting, they're well within their rights. To tell yeah. Twitch, hey, all the millions of people that are performing on your site are using copyrighted music as their background. And that's illegal. It's been illegal. You guys are doing nothing about it. And you have to do something about it. Right. Um, now, Twitch, I think, is still the ones that are primarily in the wrong here because 100%. while it is illegal, right? They've absolutely fostered a culture where it's okay to do this. Right. And now they're trying to catch up with the fact that everyone does this on their platform. Now they're saying, you know, uh, three strikes in your band permanently. They, uh, they won't tell you what specific thing or video you've done to infringe on this, but they're going to provide a tool to delete all of your moments and videos and, and clips and everything. So they're definitely trying to play catch up so that they don't get probably kicked with a massive fine mm-hmm. about all of this. And it's just creating like just a tidal wave of, of ill will because I mean, this is more or less people's uh, people's life's work for a lot of people. You know, yeah. not everyone has backups like they probably should classic. Um, you know, people so just assume also, this would be here around forever. And it's just, also people's income, like a shit ton yeah. of people make a lot of money off of this. Yeah, well, not, not, but but those aren't the people that I'm concerned about, right? There's people that like that. This is their income that they survive off of for like a normal middle, you know, like middle income, right? Like there's people that make money. Yeah, I wasn't talking about ninja. I'm not talking about ninja. I'm talking about the well, average Joe. Well, that's not the way that you just framed that. You framed oh. that like the people that are making money, like those people that are making money that they don't really need to be. Like Dr. Luba, I'm sure is concerned about it, but like he has other revenue streams, right? Right. The people that have like a couple hundred people watching them and like have supplemented their income enough to do this full time to where they can still pay their bills and stream. Like those are the ones that are going to, to be hurt by this because then they don't have any other, they don't have major sponsorships. They don't have YouTube revenue. They don't have, you know, like they haven't cracked pop culture like Ninja has, or like some of these other streamers have. Right. So they're the ones that are going to really struggle from this. And they're the ones that have, that have jumped on board and do this regularly because it was a normal behavior that everyone knew was wrong, but like everyone did. And there was no repercussions for it. So it was like, we're all going to just do this until Mm -hmm. to trip's point. Like you can be upset with the music industry, but like not new, not new in any capacity. Right. Mm -mm. Um, I, I think it was, it was, it's this, it's this interesting time where, where streaming as a, a platform as a source of media consumption is so new that lawsuits, laws, all of those things didn't catch up until now. And now we're at the start of this conversation uh, or we have been for, you know, probably a year now. Yeah, it's um, the same conversation that happened, uh, you know, about 20 years ago when Napster, Napster happened, you know, mm-hmm. for, for, you know, music uh, on a server, you know, that anyone can grab 
Like that whole, you had to go through that evolution of where they started off with suing the shit out of the individual kids. Like personally, I think that's Mm -hmm. fucking stupid, but that's what their move was. That's all they had. So then they, they sent like notes or letters or whatever, desist letters at first. And then eventually it was like, okay, you've downloaded these songs because we had to spy track you. And and like, we determined that it, you know, you owe us $15,000, you know, or something like that. And they would send it to the parents. They wouldn't even send it to the kid. Obviously the kid's just in college and -hmm. the parents get this fucking weird note at, at their house and shit. And then eventually they figured out, ah, fuck, we can't do this. This is bad PR. We're looking like assholes, you know? So they finally said, now we got to go after like LimeWire and really fucking sue the shit out of LimeWire. So they went after that. And then that finally fucking happened. And, what all of it evolved to what we have today, which is str- music as a service, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just pay a fucking blanket fee and you're cool. Download as much as you want, right? And that's what Twitch fucking needed when they created their platform. <laughs> they needed to negotiate with the RIAA and the fucking ASCAP and all that bullshit before they even did any of this, you know? So ultimately, I think that's what's going to lead to. It's going to lead to them having to create a negotiation where you pay a service fee to use Twitch, right? Ten dollars a month. Is that going to work? Probably. I think. I think Twitch was setting up a a uh, yeah, in a blog post from September thirtieth. Uh, September thirtieth, they're making a rights cleared music for all Twitch creators called Soundtrack by Twitch. Uh, it's in beta right now, and it's it looks like just from like images of it, it looks like a Spotify clone, more or less. And they're all, I guess, copyright free music that they're offering. Trip. Fun fact about uh, Twitch soundtracks: the artists that they uh, they have on there, the music might be copyright free, but they don't have sync or mechanical licenses to those tracks in those deals. Which means a sync license is essentially, in, in short, you can synchronize music with some other medium like behind a video game or with a picture or something else. Those licenses are not included in soundtrack as of yet. So Twitch hasn't even thoroughly done the bare minimum in providing a service to streamers because people could still get in trouble using this stuff. If it is seen by anybody in the RIAA. Mm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's going to have, no, it looks like it's going to have compatible versions with OBS and streaming platforms as well. Is that is that not what you're talking about? Like it's not. No, I'm, I'm talking about soundtrack. Yeah, but but yeah. it's it's been called out by the by the RIA yeah. saying you don't have the right licenses for for the songs that are here. It sounds like you're oh, saying that there's three licenses that need to be cleared. They've they've only talked about copyright licensing. They mm-hmm. haven't talked about two other licenses. That yeah, Twitch copyright is who own the mu- who owns the music, and you can right. be an owner of the music, like. Uh, What's a, what's a good example here? Um, like Sony, Sony owning. Yeah. Even like there's artists that stream like, um, Oh, I can't think of dude's name, but uh, one of the guys from Lincoln park, like he streams, right? He's the copyright owner of his music. He can't play his music on stream because he doesn't have a sync license to his music. That's, that's his record label. Oh, okay. And Twitch hasn't done all of that work correctly for this, for this system, which that would be the difference between what, what Felix is talking about as a consumer paying to consume it as an individual versus a business license, right. being able to use that against background music for your own, you know, your own profit or all of these other things. Right. 
So that that's the difference between, you know, you trying to just plug in your headphones and listen to Linkin Park versus using Linkin Park as or, or the, the it, means to make you money. Or mm-hmm. take it back right. to the analog analogy lock. Like I it's a you know, like I walk into a store and I buy a, a tape or a record or a CD, I can take it home and I have the right to play it to myself. Correct. In my headphones at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I fucking take that and put it on a boombox and walk into Times Square and play it to thousands of people who are there, then I've suddenly, I suddenly need a different license. Right. I need to go get a different mm-hmm. license to do which, that. Which is fair. Like these are that's not incredibly an, fair. Yeah. It's no. not, a, it's not an unfair thing. That's right? not an unfair and, thing. And, and, and I, I know you're not saying that like it, it's yeah. totally fair, but it's up to the platform, but the infrastructure needs to be there and it isn't there. So correct. Correct. So which can be thought of as like a, um, like a theater, right? Exactly. Just like an empty theater. And they're just like, Hey, you guys can do what you want with this space. Right. It's all yours. Design it, make your own set. Bring your people and let them know when you're when you're performing. You know, uh, by the way, it's illegal to obviously. You know, you can't sit here and play Jay Z. It's not yours, but you know, have fun with your show. But we're not going to police you. We're not going to have a guard at the door watching. Right. Everyone's <laughs> up there playing their favorite tracks, and no one from Twitch ever comes back and goes, "Hey, like you're out of here." Or if they do, it's like once every five years, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're just all right." Back to the party. Right. So but, but, the recording industry has every right to be yeah. like, "Bro, it's been and, like ten years." And the well, other thing that's amplifying this right now is the time that we're in, right? So more people are streaming. Mm-hmm. There's more hours being logged on Twitch. There's more viewership being done on Twitch. So, of course, the owners of this music are now looking at the platform more than they were before because it's now in the limelight even more because of, of where we're at in and, with the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not making money off of concert shit anymore. It's true. There's no concerts. So all they got is individual sales, which is not happening at high numbers. So they got streaming revenue, right? Mm -hmm. That's where all of their revenue is coming from right now. Besides licensing in movies and TV shows, I'm sure they make a killing on that. But um, again, not many many movies being, being, you know, I guess maybe they're being filmed and produced and they're getting the licensing fees before they're actually... uh, sold to us but it, it, in itself they're not making as much money than uh, as they're used to right so wow here's this massive revenue source that we haven't tapped yet you know they're gonna fucking come after it and and it's only it, that's just one of them right you have youtube you have facebook and the, right? the, so hasn't hasn't facebook done something with this um haven't uh, they signed some type of deal yes i don't know i don't know oh. enough about facebook's plat um, solution but they do have they did a thing before Twitch did. Mm-hmm. They did a Twitch soundtrack thing before Twitch soundtrack. And I just forget what they, excuse me, what it was called. Uh, I'm going to look it up while we talk, because I do remember it. Um, uh, a little sidebar though. Have you guys, I don't know how many of you guys use Apple music. Do you use Apple music? I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Have you lock? Have you been into Apple music radio and checked out what's going on in there? Have you been in? I have not. I don't. I don't really use the radio. To be honest, you should because the fucking artists are out of out out of work right now. Like they're Mm. either making albums, but they're not doing concerts anymore. So now they're working for Apple as radio DJs. (laughs) (laughs) There's a shit ton of artists who are doing their own radio show. Like Snoop Dogg is doing Uncle Snoop's Army Radio, where he just plays music. He plays tracks. Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News is doing Huey Lewis 80s radio. 
That's like, incredible. There's all these artists who aren't, they're not doing like concerts. I'm talking young ones too. Like Megan Trainer does dirty pop radio from two to three every single day. Mm. And she was in there at one point. She has guests. She has her fucking husband in there. The two of them right. are just playing tracks and they're talking well, back so- and forth. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a, a good point. I mean, that's where some of this started, right? You have a lot of musicians that are now streaming on Twitch, right? Yeah. Which has also caused a lot of noise, right? Like T-Pain right now is super popular. And he's doing a lot of stuff right now for streamers, creating song packs and things like that. But, you know, like him streaming, uh, Kenny Beats is a is a huge producer for, for hip-hop. And he streams... Right, he streams making his own beats and things like that, but he also streams other people's music. He's listening to other people's music all day, mm-hmm. every day. He streams, right? Yeah. Um, um, and he's not the only there's one. one right? Twitch. Yeah, there's one Twitch uh, person who uh, named Harris Heller. He actually has multiple Spotify playlists that are completely copyright free. Like he made them for streamers to use. I've been using them on my stream the past like two or three weeks. And they've been perfect for like background music, just doing doing whatever, shooting stuff. It's been great. Yeah, there's there's solutions out there for sure. I myself I use Epidemic Sound and I pay them. They're fifteen dollars a month. They are the exclusive rights holders to everything that's on their website. So any artist that's on their website, they own the rights to them. And your fifteen dollars entitles you to uh, essentially be whitelisted for performance and sync licenses with all this music for one platform. So you have to tie a platform into the service. If you want to be whitelisted, you can't like, if you do, if you don't do that and just like, you know, play the music, uh, you can get copyright stric- uh, stricken, but you, you tie the platform. And then if you, uh, stream on Twitch with it, or if you post on YouTube with it, whatever you've said, this is my platform for content, then you're whitelisted. You're good. You can even make money with it with your $15 wow. a month. So, so that works really well. As long as you know, you know exactly how to use it and don't just think, Oh, I'm paying 15 bucks. I can go play this anywhere you got to play by the rules of course but i think that's a great solution because there's a lot of great stuff on epidemic and epidemic even gives you the ability to download individual stems of the songs like if you want a version that's all instrumental you can strip the vocals out and just get that version for like a background or something so there's a lot of really great options for creating nice um now if i may can we segue into like part two of this discussion Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah all right. So this actually expanded. This conversation actually expanded. I want to say within the past week, because a one studio creative director from from Stadia from Google, studio, yeah, yeah, from Google. But he um, made he made Assassin's Creed Three. That's what he worked on. Yeah, he did Far Cry Four, Spore. He he has a he has a pretty good background of he has a pretty good resume of games. He shipped, he shipped real games is, is really the point here. Right, right. <laughs> um, he tweeted this week, and I'm going to read it to you guys. Streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. The real truth is streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. So this sparked a whole conversation. People in his replies were, were, were just bad take. They were like, this is a bad take, man. Like the, the, now third, there's, the, third, response the, for sure. third, the third tweet, the third subtweet to this is from uh, Dakota's um, who's a very, I don't, I don't know what he's, he's 
somewhere and that he's verified on Twitter. So I'm assuming he's someone, someone, someone knows who that is. Yeah. He, it, yeah. All it says is you're going to regret this tweet. <laughs> and, and it's it's got like 4k likes that's and amazing and then obviously uh we'll talk about why that was an accurate assessment of the situation mm-hmm. but it's just it's just funny that that's right. the top reply to and that's all that it says and he regrets that tweet <laughs> i don't yeah. think he's fucking, I, don't, I don't think he's wrong well I mean, well here's the thing here's the conversation around this felix is like the music industry, we are just buying, we are doing the equivalent of buying the CD of the, of the album and playing it for an audience, right? So we spend the $60 on the game that we're playing and I am streaming it on my platform using Twitch to, to an audience of people who have not paid for it. Right? So the company makes no money. Uh, who's who, who made the game is not making money off of these viewers of, of myself, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, um, shit, the other side of this argument is, well, it's kind of free PR for these companies to have streamers play their games for an audience who may not get the views. Like, look at games like Among Us, a game that was unheard of two years ago when it came out, but exploded this year and saw a resurgence in its sales and exploded onto the market. But not all games are as lucky as, as Among Us, but... In some respect, we are essentially giving kind of a free advertisement for these games that we're playing for our, for audiences, right? Like you're showing off the game to people and so on. People, more eyes are going to be on this game. Twitch and publishers have noticed this, that it is a Twitch is a very good avenue to get their game in front of the eyes of people who, who would otherwise not have that, you know, wouldn't have that um, opportunity. Yeah, there's a there's a court courtroom argument for what you're talking about, Neo. Um, Go ahead. A, cor- a courtroom argument that they've been using for years. Larry Flint used it. Lots of lots of people have used it, and it's called fair use. Of course, Larry right. Flint used it for parody. Fair use parody is fair use. Like if you make fun of somebody and they're a public figure, um, you, you trying to make fun of them is legal because you, it's fair use. And another form of fair use is it's fair use to comment upon something in a public forum. So you could legally take that into a courtroom and probably take it all the way to a high court and win because that's, that's an accepted and unprecedented legal argument. It's not a law. It's just a legal argument. You could argue for fair use. However, none of these fucking streamers have the money to pay for that kind of fucking legal <laughs> Sure. Not a single goddamn one have the money to argue fair use, even though all of what they're fucking doing is commentary. What has to happen in order for that argument to even stand up is they have to make it a law. It needs to not just be a precedented thing. They need to say fair use is completely illegal. But could publishers start enforcing licensing on their games for, for streamers? Anytime they want. It all depends on the individual uh, TNCs for the individual games, studios, whatever you're agreeing to, because they all could be different. And there's no like overarching rule like there is in the recording industry, which is part of, uh, I wouldn't call it a problem because I don't think the culture exists uh, in the games industry to kind of shut this stuff down like it does in the music industry because everyone realizes, everyone besides this guy that tweeted, realizes that there's a very symbiotic relationship here that has only ever benefited both people 
that are involved in these situations. Um, so I don't think it would ever happen, but legally they could. I just, out of, you know, as I'm sitting here, I looked up the terms and conditions for Destiny, right? And there is, you have personal and non-commercial use limitation to this game. You can't modify, copy, distribute, transmit, display, perform, reproduce, publish, license, create derivative works from, transfer or sell any information, software, products, or services obtained from the Bungie services. That's in black and white in their, on their website, right? But we know Bungie regularly has hangouts where they invite streamers that play their game live every day to talk about them about the game, what they think about the game, where it should go. They have people in live audiences that are known for playing their game. They're embracing this fully, and they're not the only studio to do this. Everyone does this because they know. Yet they have people the text that, in their terms of service. Yeah, it's because this is like you have to yeah, you can't not yeah, do this. It's like from yeah, a legal standpoint. Right. I think I think the difference is, is that like this is an exclusion to the rule, right? What they don't want is they don't want another company to take footage from destiny and use it to sell their video game and say, Oh, look at our game. And it's really a cutscene of destiny or they don't want, you know, a movie trailer to use footage from destiny in, mm-hmm. in their trailers. Like that's what that's protecting. Um, to, to trips point, the exclusion has always been that YouTube, streamers content creators have always had this relationship that's mutually beneficial now there's arguments being had whether or not it's actually beneficial for the game devs themselves or if they're just agreeing because at this point it's too far gone right um because there's there's some pretty valid arguments that they don't most game developers don't actually make more money by letting streamers stream their game they only no developers do it because- now Right. So like they're not actually or even the publishers, though, too, because it doesn't always sell more games. Right. There's there's there is examples of games taking off among us. Perfect prime example of recent where streaming one thousand percent influenced the sales of this game. It's an old game. Right. Um but it, that's not always necessarily the case. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's an outlier for sure. It is, right? Um, but if you're a game developer or a publisher, you need to put your product out there to as many people as possible to try and drive sales because you don't have many other options elsewhere, right? So so the platform that currently exists to get it in as front of as many people as possible, this platform exists now, and they're taking the opportunity to let us stream their content, hoping to sell more copies because physical publications don't exist anymore. No one's picking up game informer, reading the latest reviews to see what games they should buy and what games they shouldn't buy. You have aggregate sites like Metacritic that do reviews, right? That may influence it. You have sure commercials and ads, but how much does that really sell? Really? Most people go to these platforms to say, okay, what is, you know, what does trip zero think of prey? Shit. He loved prey. He's singing praise praises. um, right? I'm going to buy prey now. Right? Also, the the other yeah. thing is is and, and this is to your point, Locke. The medium is really the thing that you need to look at and analyze mm-hmm. as to why this even started. The medium right. is interactivity. Like when Correct. you when you go into these games, you experience them. The reason why something like this didn't generate with film or generate with music is because. All of it's subjective, but like the subjective experience needs to be understood with video games. Whereas 
you can just kind of subjectively glance at something like a film or hear a song and like you've got it right sure but, but there's there's an experience where where like a lot of the games i play i don't know i'm gonna like it until fucking like four to fucking 15 hours into it you know what i mean have you played that game where you're eight eight hours in and you're still like i don't know how i feel about this and then you push to that ninth hour or that tenth hour and you go holy fuck this is amazing you know like you don't know that until you've actually played it in full so a lot of people are reluctant to even fuck with a game until they've actually seen someone else do it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. to see them do it I don't. I, I will use streamers have, as, as a determining factor to know if I want to buy, buy this game or not. I don't have to watch somebody listen to a song or be in a movie theater watching somebody watch a movie to know if that movie's good. But isn't you know, like, yeah? But isn't that also because of the the medium that a game is? Like, game takes physical inputs, right? You have to actively do something to participate in a game, right? So, like. There's there's that aspect of it that I have to actually be playing it to progress. So it's hard to to stop someone from watching somebody else play it because they're not actually playing the game, right? They're just watching it. But then also like that experience is going to be different for each person because it's not it's not a film where it's always the same, right? right. Your playthrough of a video game is going to be different than X person's playthrough or the next person or the next person. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a whole different medium that we're and, talking and also about. Th- think about replay replay value. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like nobody, a lot of people just watch a film one time and they're like, that's it. You know, there's, there's a type of watch a mu- movie viewer. Who's like, I can, my dad is classically the, I watched it and now I can't watch it for another 15 years. You know, we, <laughs> right. I watch it 15 years from now and then I'll be able to like f- completely forget it and I enjoy it. Whereas I'm somebody who can watch one movie, you know, I watched fucking Braveheart like eight times in the theater or some shit, you know, like, you know, this, sure. But like, not everyone's like that, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to films, but video games, people play shit over and over and over again. And service, yeah, I mean, if service games keep you playing every day, you know, if Sony or Naughty Dog wanted to, they would get me. I played fucking Last of Us on stream like six or seven times. Mm-hmm. Not like back to back to back to back to back. I'd be in trouble if they wanted to actually fucking come after me, right? right, for, right. for for streaming that content. Um, and I would argue that each playthrough was very different. Man, while the ending was the same, the experience was different based off of the, the things that I was trying to achieve in each playthrough. But um, it, it's 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 you know it the, the difficulty is is the the state that we're in, right? Like where the infancy that we're in is. There's not laws that dictate this, and we don't have a platform that's spearheading how to protect their creators, right? And that's and that's a problem. That's the biggest problem, right? Yeah. Because you don't you don't, and it's not just Twitch, right? We can call out Twitch because they're the biggest, and Amazon being the biggest, but you don't have YouTube or Google doing this, right? You don't you don't have Facebook doing this. Um, it, it just doesn't exist. And that's because they haven't had to think about this. They haven't had to plan for this, um, which is surprising for YouTube considering where the platform started. But um, regardless, there, there's there's no one, at least to my knowledge, that's stepped up in the forefront and said, we're going to tackle this and figure this out for our creators. 
um, everyone would probably flood to that platform if they if someone made that type of statement. The, literally, the only thing that I can think of about any organization in the streaming space doing something to help their creators in a world that's still overwhelmingly ran by like contracts and these kind of archaic electronic performance mediums is a uh, is opg group which was a, a a management company for digital performers but the ceo of opg omid was one of the people that got canceled perfect right so perfect. uh now we're back to square one in terms of figuring this shit out on our own <laughs> right right and then they were kind of handling that as as being the agency for, for yeah, and that's that's the only thing that I can think of, and it doesn't even really touch what we're talking about at all. It's just a peripheral thing, right, right? You know, it's just the only thing that like bridges an old world of contracts and performing with where we are now with, with this internet, where it's like new technologies are bubbling up every two years and changing how we interact with the things that we think we know. It's mm-hmm. got to be Twitch, man. Twitch has to fucking do it. They need to do they it won't. a long time ago. They need to go to the fucking table with the RIAA, and they got to figure out how to fucking do it. It's, I, they got to. Otherwise, can you imagine fucking, if? Look, look. I'd be fucking pleased if they they learn their lesson by the fucking entire music music industry. Dude, I I think down. Jeff Bezos is more likely to axe Twitch from Amazon than than to reform it to help broadcasters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you really think so? You think he would just get rid of it, or he would sell it? He would sell He'd, it. He would sell the plan. Sell it. Sure. Yeah. For sure. I don't think it makes Amazon any money. It can't make Amazon money. It it truly can't. No. Hmm. I mean I mean they don't it's not like they need it to make money, but to yeah. your point, I mean, if it came down to it, um you know, they got enough shit to worry about. They got their other you got a prime video, prime music, fucking prime in general. I don't know if I can <laughs> right, right. I don't know if we can even have the information about how big of a percentage of the company it is, but I'd love to know. I don't think we'll ever know, but I'd love to know. I, I, I bet you if you, I bet you if you listen to their, their quarterly uh, report or something, quarterly report, it would, yeah. they would probably give you a breakdown. Um, anybody but anybody invested in that company? I, I never bought their stock. I never bought their <laughs> stock. Like, no. It would have been like, great if I bought their stock when they were just fucking doing books. Yeah. Wasn't it like 15,000 yeah. a share? Some shit. People like need books. I'll get a couple of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Barnes and Noble. Let's buy some Amazon stock. I do like going to the bookstore, but this this Amazon here. I don't know why they're Amazon. I don't, I don't really know what the jungle's got to do with books, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Amazon stock has split yet. Yeah, it's three thousand dollars a share. Yeah, $3, Jesus. Um. Well, if you guys want to round out this conversation and kind of put a cap on it, um. Google Stadia after Alex Hutchinson, the guy who made this comment, Google came out and and distanced themselves from this statement by saying, we believe that publishers and creators have a wonderful symbiotic relationship that has allowed a thriving ecosystem to be created. One that has mutually benefited everyone. YouTube is focused on creating value for creators, publishers, and users. All ships rise when we work together. That is Google's statement that they made. And Alex Hutchinson, right after this, removed Stadia creative director from his Twitter bio and just wrote creative director. That that also happened after this. <laughs> I'm a creative director. Thanks, Google. Thanks for I'm being a, well, I, 
It says creative director at SG and E Montreal studio. I just made a new uh, stream ending screen. I'm a creative director, dude. Nailed, it. nailed that creative direction. I, I so, had a direction and I, and I created it. It's not a lie. It's not saying that this could be the future for streaming, like paying for licenses and stuff for games that they want to stream. I don't, yeah. it's, I don't think it'll come to that. <laughs> I hope Definitely. not. As long as, as long as you purchase the game you're streaming, then I feel like that you should be able to play it for friends. It's like what it's, it's like you're booting a game up for friends in the same room as you, right? But is it when you have a room of 80 people? people it's not. It's, it's yeah, not it could be when you same. have like 80,000 people watching you. I guess, I guess my, I guess my counter argument to you, Neo, would be if you, if you conceptually sure. understand why it's okay for you to not stream music to other people when you don't own the rights to that music, how is it any different for a video game? Well, it isn't. and that's the problem because it isn't different. It right. isn't at all. And, but it, and but I'm wondering if the other shoe will drop on this and publishers go, Hey, wait a minute. And see if and see if they charge licenses. I mean, legally, games. I think it could, but effectively, I don't, I don't think it will. will. I think it's gone it's, too it's, far, and it would be yeah. so so backward with relationships between the people that play their games. Well, right, because then streamers will ultimately go, "Well, I don't want to pay the license for this game. I don't feel like play, playing this version. I'll just play the games that I want to play and screw learning gonna, about new games and exploring. We're going to play the publishers right. that aren't charging, and then right. they win because they still pay for the games. They still pay for the services." Yep, that would may like, be a split for sure. You know, just to 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 circle back to something that you said, Trip. Like this is also a big push for the for developers and publishers, community management teams, is to interact with streamers and engage their streamers. You know, you called out Destiny, which is a perfect example of this, but there's many, 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 many more. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is actively being pushed by them to engage with their community, talk to their streamers. Get, gather their feedback all it's it's ingrained at this point they can't it's too hard to backtrack it would be it yeah. would be it would come to a screeching halt that it would it would honestly shake the platform to its core on how we would even yeah. survive to be honest mm-hmm. um and it would completely utterly change music we can get by with we all like playing music felix as angry as he is can stream without a soundtrack behind him he doesn't need yeah. that right as but, upsetting but it may be, need, that's you, just an add-in to the content that you need to understand, Locke, that I view my commentary on a video game as equal as I do my commentary on music. If I'm making commentary on music and making commentary on video games, that's all fair use. I just don't have the money to argue it in court. <laughs> <laughs> there it my, is. Really. My, sure, my argument is, is that your your inability to stream music in the background does not prohibit you oh, no. from creating. Yeah, content, I agree with you. I agree point. with you. Yeah. I not being able content. to play the content that you need to create because you don't have the rights to play the game is vastly different than playing the fucking Captain America soundtrack in the background while you play fucking <laughs> Avengers. How do you know I love playing that one? <laughs> I, I just made it. It's like one of my favorites. <laughs> you took a wild swing. <laughs> it's a fucking random guess, dude. It's the first fucking Marvel. Actually, fucking my go to my go to is the Avengers uh, theme. I uh, do the doesn't... Avengers theme a lot. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's it's too it's too it's on the same wavelength, but it's two vastly different things on how it would change streaming as a platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I thought about this a long time ago. Like I said, oh, I can play this video game and MC this video game, but I'm not allowed to MC you MC the MCU. <laughs> like I can't I can't play the Avengers movie and go, hey, you know, like the hinky shit that I did on the stream was. 
you'd have the trailer of the Avengers movie that just came out or new Captain America or whatever. And I would play the trailer on my stream. And I said, I think this is in my head. I'm going, this is probably in violation of, of fucking the movie because there's footage from the movie that I'm just playing to an audience. But then there's the other side of it where my mind goes, no, no, I'm advertising this fucking movie to people for free. I'm telling people mm-hmm. to go fucking get this movie for free. Go see this movie. That's offering them free advertising. Like, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so there's a lot of different arguments to it. But it's um, it's interesting because they just started doing the the twi- the the watch parties on Twitch, right? Where you can you can play or you can watch anything that's in Prime Video and stream it, and then do a watch party to watch with your but- friends. But the viewers must also have Amazon Prime in order Correct. to view that content. Right. Yeah. Correct. Right. Um, but you're still streaming it, right? You are, yeah. Um, and there's definitely it's the fucking internet. It's very easy to get that video if you if you aren't a you know, a prime member. Um, but yes, I mean there is that limitation there. But they are starting to open that up there where they clearly have a deal with, you know the movie studios to say that like, okay, we're going to allow streamers to stream this um, because they're already paying for the platform. That would be so, something like that would be fucking terrific. I mean, just being able to, to wrap it all up in one service fee that you just pay, mm-hmm. you know, like where you pay for that. And that gives you the rights to like act like a radio DJ, you mm-hmm. know, like that's what I looked up because that, ex- you know, it's funny. I looked all this up. I did research on it. That exists in the UK. There is a legal mm-hmm. structure where you pay for a license to act like a radio DJ when you're through the internet. The problem with the United States is that was never set up for the internet. It's set mm-hmm. up for radio DJs. They can pay to have this license to play music, you know, every day when they're doing their commentary. And it all counts as commentary. It's completely legal because they paid the broadcast license and they get the song. In that case, there's a relationship with like songs being recommended to them by the labels. So there's a, there's a symbiotic relationship there. And I think they just, that just has to happen with the Twitch platform. And there needs to be a service fee where the users of Twitch, the people who are the content creators pay to cover all that. You know, and that that kind of structure is not set up for streaming. It's just not through mm-hmm. the internet going in line with what uh, what did you call it? You call it a sync license trip. A sync license. Yeah, yep. we just need this fucking sync license. Goddamn fucks. That's all you need. <laughs> all you need. Goddamn fucks. Well, it'll definitely be interesting to see where things go in the future. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Sure. I have a fun little uh, fun little statistic. Uh, just we were talking about you know the the percentage of uh, of Amazon that is Twitch. And I found that they don't actually disclose that in their quarterly reports. Like they don't say how much revenue they do. They don't. But uh, Twitch reported that they did $500 million in, uh, in ad revenue last year. Uh, Half a bill. Amazon's Amazon's revenue is 275 billion, which makes uh, Twitch's contribution to that two one thousandths of a percent of their annual revenue Damn. it's 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 point zero zero one eight and then it's 18 they could, they could, but they could cut that tip of a pinky off like no problem and not blink and just no. not care about that they could delete they could just 
delete the server. They, whatever they did, just, Jeff Bezos could log in and just be like, delete Twitch. And <laughs> delete Twitch. would make zero difference in his life. <laughs> it really would. My God. Seriously, it would. Any, fucking, any that, day now, it. it's going to happen. Should I bother well, coming back? Exists. Should nope. I bother coming it back? This year? Here we go. Should I bother coming back? Not where I wanted to take this with that point of uh, information here. I, I quit. I'm quitting while the quitting is good. <laughs> <laughs> come, come back. I'm going to Seinfeld. Uh, shit. I'm Seinfeld. <laughs> quitting before it becomes popular, dude. Did you ever see the it's video? The- yeah. Did you guys ever see the video of 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 a paparazzi guy coming up and asking? Seinfeld, like why he got fired from fucking Seinfeld, <laughs> and he gets fuming angry every time somebody says that he got fired from Seinfeld. He loses his shit on him because he's like, "I quit." He went off on fucking. I think it was I quit. Was Larry King? I think he's on Larry King in like early two thousands or something. And Larry King's interviewing him, and he and he says, "So when you when you got fired from Seinfeld <laughs> or something like that," and he's like. I quit. I quit at the top of my game. <laughs> like, just watch some video. He gets really mad about it because he, I believe he did. It. He did. I mean, that was the big thing. Like, he wanted to go out, like, with the TV show. With a bang. At the height of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's mm. fucking crazy. Well, on that note, how about we wrap it know. up, you guys? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I've been Niwayoshi. You can follow me at twitch.tv slash Uh Streaming more Bloodborne. Uh, I may actually start Watch Dogs Legion this week as well. It might be possible. I know you are trip. I know you're. Mm-hmm. I know you've been ramping up. You you did Watch Dogs too, but Nvidia gave me a copy of this with the 3080, and I'm like, it's RTX, and I can play this game, and it seems pretty cool. So I'm thinking of giving it a shot since Cyberpunk has been delayed, probably indefinitely. I know they said December 10th, but I'm just going to assume that that game is just no longer coming out, and I should forget about it. So. Follow me there. I'll be playing that game. The real cyberpunk were the friends we made along the way. Mm. Exactly. Trim. Uh, what's up, guys? I am Trip Zero TV. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV, and all of my socials are also Trip Zero TV. Altogether, very easy to find. Um, like Neo mentioned, we will be starting Watch Dogs Legion. That will be tomorrow. I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, and it'll be Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, probably not too much Destiny 2 prep before Beyond Light launches because there's really not much else to do. And I'm kind of liking how laid back it is going into that. So it'll probably probably be Watch Dogs, maybe some other fun games for Halloween and stuff and for the uh, for the season. Uh, but then, yeah, it'll be Destiny mid-November, and then it'll be Cyberpunk if it sticks to its newest release date of December 10th. That's what's coming up on our channel. Nice. You, you guys streaming? Lock. No, no, I don't stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lock underscore key. Um, follow me there for, for some commentary. Um, if I ever do go live ever again on Twitch or, or YouTube or wherever that, that may be, um, I, will, I will tweet at it. Um, so, so follow me there. I'll catch you guys next week. Felix? Felix. Yeah, this is Felix Hergood. Um, I'm Felix Hergood on Twitter and Twitch. I haven't streamed since fucking June. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys when I get back. Um, I don't know when that's going to fucking be. But hey, I'm out there on Twitter yelling at the president. 
What a sign off. Excellent. My favorite. Can't wait. Barely <laughs> as long as he's not finger banging red. <laughs> There's no more meter to go. Let me tell you guys, I've finger banged red a few times in my day. Uh, Jesus Christ. Something I I never want to hear you again. Down, you reach down there, you come up, you're like, oh, man. Stop it. See, see like... The oh, concept geez. was there. The general yeah. framework was there. People can go there if they wanted to, and we all were kind of on the same page about it. Yeah. But then yep. you needed to you needed to really hammer it home that we didn't know what you were talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did a couple of times. 